0: I'm pretty short, but most of you, I think, can see me behind here. I'm Cindy S., uh, Compulsive Overeater. Hi, Cindy. Hi, everybody. So this isn't a regular meeting of mine. I know a handful of uh, faces, but there's, like, a lot of people in here that I don't know. And um, ironically, like, I was coming to – I lived three blocks from here and was coming to these meetings in the late 90s. Um so it's 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 nice to be back in this neighborhood and have the feel of uh, Brentwood uh, 12 step. It's very um, nostalgic for me. And uh, my story is that I was never really a overweight child, but I had very odd food behaviors. I was very active, so uh, I just I was in tap ballet, dance, soccer, just very active kids, so I could eat whatever I want, but I used to get a lot of attention for it, too. People would say, like, you eat like a truck driver, but you're a ballerina, and um, it was confusing, it was, like, really mixed messages, but um, I, I didn't, the identity of, of not feeling enough is what I heard from the, the person who took 30 days, congratulations, um, like something was just wrong with me. And it didn't matter um, if I got great grades or if I was in a recital or this or that. I just I felt invisible, even though I was, on the outside, very active. I wasn't isolated in school. I just felt isolated. And um, weight didn't come on until college. I experienced a sexual assault and gained 40 pounds my freshman year. And uh, it was kind of like a shield. Looking back at the time, I didn't know. it was. I was very, you know, just in autopilot. And now, after doing a lot of work, I can see that I was, it was almost like a protection blanket of just being overweight to not want attention. And I didn't want attention, but at the, t- at the same time, I was really pissed off if I didn't get attention. So it was always this oxymoron and this, you know, um, truck driver ballerina. I was just black and white. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that feeling, but my mind was set up that way. I don't know if I came out of the womb that way, if it was, you know, I wanted to to blame it. You know, it must be the way I was raised. So if it's their fault, then it's all of a sudden justified. Um, But I was really, really miserable. At uh, 21, I bought myself um, a commercial diet plan, and I already signed up for the lifetime plan because I knew... Like, it wasn't going to take one, you know, go at it. And, you know, it was a better deal to get the whole package. And I did it for, like, nine weeks, and my uh, counselor's name at that place was Hope, and she sent me to my first OA meeting. No joke. And uh, I went to a meeting. Um, This was 1992, and it was Monday Night Miracles in Encino. And I met people there, and... um, Kind of which is like light and flight. Hi, how are you? I'm just going to take the literature and run out the door and do the uh, work at home and not really be seen and sit in the back and, you know, not participate. Don't be of service. Um, you know, it was get, get, get. What can I get? And... It didn't stick. You know, I was there for like three to five months, lost 19 pounds, and then went back out and did more experimenting. And I don't recommend that for anybody who is here who, you know, it's their first time around. Like, you don't have to go this path. Um, It's just what I did. And I learned um, that the disease is progressive. And when I came back, I was way heavier than I was the first time. So, you know, that's humbling. but the the part about, like, reducing the ego, that just didn't make sense to me. I was a latchkey kid. I took care of myself. I was an only child. I was very resourceful. So, like, relying on somebody else or something else that I didn't think I could rely on up until that point was a really... Tricky, so I thought I could just do the cafeteria style a la carte and do the steps that I thought you know that makes sense. Well, I walked in the door, so step one, you know, obviously. Um, but the God thing was still very mysterious. I wasn't like anti God, I just was like anti, you know, doing an observing God or being religious, it felt very religious for me. And I was um, born Christian. My mom converted when I was seven. So we just had Christmas tree and then Hanukkah. And it wasn't a depth of religion anyway. It was a very commercial experience. So um, it wasn't like a a tragic shift. Um, And I always felt spiritual. My mom had a friend that was kind of like my fairy godmother whenever my mom and I were just like not getting along. She would just be someone that would listen and not judge. And so she was like, you know, my guardian angel who I'm still very close with t- till this day. Um, and it took me longer. I came to these, you know, in my second time around was here in Brentwood. And I just couldn't get it. I heard, like, even today, I heard a lot of different abstinences. And I've practiced a lot of different abstinences. I've done um, the No Recreational Sugar. And I've done uh, the Weight Watchers Counting Points uh, plan. And probably four others. I've taken a four-year candle, a two-year candle. So I've had strings of years of abstinence, but not back-to-back consistent for all of the time. And, um it was really hard for me to just surrender. It's like, I just kept feeling like I was the driver. And if I didn't do it, who was going to do it? And that mentality was really, really hard to chip away and chip away. And I'm a slow learner. And so it, it takes what it takes. Um, And thankfully I didn't have to gain all of my weight back. The second time I came, I was heavier, but my, Top weight. I'm still down 30 pounds from my top weight, but in a, in some of the relapses, I would put like on 20, and then I was like, oh, I'm getting close. I better better run back to program, and it was um, just still not turning my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand Him. Um, and the truth is, is I don't understand Him. My practice is seeking. That's that's all I have to do. I don't have to um, make it complicated. Um, as long as there's a crack in the door, letting in the light will, like, I feel like my heart is way more open. I was very closed before, and my relationship with food has transformed through all of the different abstinences that I've practiced, and now I just have adopted the World Service um, abstinence, which is to refrain from uh, compulsive overeating while maintaining or trying to achieve a normal body weight. And I have a nutritionist. I went out outside help, and I had a nutritionist. So um her and my sponsor, and I you know, work on my food plan um, regularly. and uh, it's it doesn't call to me the way it did. It doesn't it's no longer my medicine. It's no longer my blanket. It's no longer my best friend. It's it's no longer a relationship other than just food, and I eat three times a day. Sometimes I have a snack, but I, I don't think about food until it's time to eat, um, other than the weekly planning for my family. Uh, so I, it's a strange story. So I also grew up with alcohol in my family and drugs, And that made me kind of a control freak, just that's how I responded to that environment. So I went to another program to deal with my control issues. And in that fellowship, I met someone and went on a date with her son, and now I've been married to him for 18 years. No, 16 years. Together, 18. And once again, like, I... Kind of was like, oh, I have eight years. I've done the steps. Like, I'm all of a sudden, like, this mentality of graduating. Um, Hearing that it's not a graduation program, I've heard that over and over and over again, but somehow I'm uniquely different. So, in my um, first six months of dating this guy, put on weight. I got really scared and I was like, I've never gained weight happy. Like it was always like, because of a crisis. So like, I don't know, I don't know how to respond because life's good. You know, like I, everything is going really well. And, uh, I didn't know what to do. So I canceled a Friday night date with him and I said, I need to go to an OA meeting. And he said, I'll go with you. And, um, he did. And we've been in program together since O two. Um, living a life with 12 steps. And I never thought in a million years when I was that single 21-year-old girl who walked in that I would ever get married, that I would ever have, you know, like, concepts of honesty and unity and trust and commitment. Like, those were just not what I came for. I came to lose weight and to, you know... um get a date, but don't get a date. You know what I mean? It was like the come, no, go away. And, uh, it's, you know, the, the rewards were just so much greater than I ever expected. And at my wedding, I was at goal weight and I was at goal weight for over a year and a half. And then we started trying to have a child and I thought, you know, well, you have birth control all these years. And then when you stop, it just happens. And in my family, my mom's one of nine and Everybody has kids, um, all my aunts and uncles. And we weren't getting pregnant. And I was just like once again mad at my body. Like my body is just not um I'm not in one with my body. I was always fighting against my body. Like, why can't you be taller? Like I can't change the fact that I'm short. Why can't you be taller? Why can't you be thinner? Why can't you be darker? Like I want to be browner. I just got back from Hawaii. This is as brown as I get. And um just like what why can't I not be me? And you know, I wouldn't wear open-toed shoes, I wouldn't wear sleeveless shirts, I wouldn't wear shorts. So the fact that like I'm liberated to no matter whether I'm up ten pounds, whether I'm at goal weight, I can wear whatever I want to wear. And when I came from the okay. valley. At first I was like I should dress up, but then I was like it is a hundred degrees in the valley. Um so, and this is like, this is my authentic me, and it was kind of ironic that I would have never worn open-toed shoes and sleeveless, and it just was like um, part of the the acceptance of I am who I am, I'm a, God, I'm a child of God, and I can learn to love myself. People loved me, and I didn't believe it. So, you know, they say, let, um, let people love you until you can love yourself, and I heard it and I kind of saw it with like, you know, those people over there and those people over there keeping myself separate. And uh, I didn't really get it. And women loved on me for years. And I didn't I didn't let it in. And now I know how to let it in. I know how to let my, like, I didn't believe my husband. I would question my husband constantly, even after years and years of marriage. Why do you love me? You know, like, I'm just, like, I'm just baiting, you know, because I need somebody else to validate me. So, um, I I stopped these, and I didn't know I was doing that, but, you know, reading and writing, every time you call your sponsor, and it's like, uh, did you write about that? Well, you start writing about it before you call, because, um, you know, you, you start to know what comes next, and I got to redefine my relationship with my higher power, I got to okay. redefine, uh, what it is in in my home group there's a guy that's has a higher power that 's a whale and there 's another one that has like a solar power and you know mine is kind of like i don 't know if it 's Star Wars but it 's kind of like this big ball of energy and it 's always there and it doesn't reject you or make you get into a car accident or any of these crazy things it 's just there and if you want to tap into it. You can make the action to tap into it, but it's not going to, like, move its existence to, you know, drive my car. I actually have to drive my car tapped into my higher power. And that works for me. Um, Making it like a a human figure just does not work for me. Um, But you have the liberty of designing your own higher power, which I had never heard that from anywhere, uh, I grew up with, you know, it's my mom's way or the highway, and if you do anything that deviates from that, there's uh, there's something wrong with you, and, you know, uh, I just got that message, and whether that's what she said or not, I also learned we're in therapy a lot, um, that sometimes I fill in the blanks, and I'm adding to something somebody said, and they didn't actually say that. So I'm starting to listen. My husband and I are, like, learning. Don't talk over each other and listen to what the other person actually says um, and don't fill in the blanks because I create these wild stories about what his intention is and what his motivation is. And, like, he's a real simple guy. I'm like, that's not, that's not really happening. I'm going back into fantasy land. So I have to bring myself back. And uh, I have a community of people. I learned... Um, I really wanted to rely just on my sponsor, you know, and that's a lot of responsibility for one person. And I kind of made my sponsor my higher power early on. Um, it was like first my mother is my higher power and then um, food was my higher power. And then like it was just easy to transfer that over to my sponsor. But I started to learn like if you get a voicemail or if she's out of, uh, out of contact or not available for a period to talk to other people. And then I started having a text group called the God Squad, and, you know, things would come up during the day, and I would have instant um, response to something silly that was going on or something that was serious that was going on. And that was the first time I felt like I was part of and in and not observing. Um, the observing path doesn't doesn't work for me. I have to be all in. And now, like, um, I met a uh, best friend that I've known now for almost 10 years in program, and we double date, you know, it's like I, I, in a million years, didn't think that I would have that kind of life. Um, She's watched my son when I've been like, I I don't know what to do, and blah, 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 last minute, she's there. And um, I'm not used to people showing up for me. And they're showing up for me because I'm living a spiritual life with spiritual principles, and attracting different types of people in my life than I did In my twenties, there was so much toxicity in my family unit, and then I just transferred. That was what felt normal, and I somehow subliminally attracted those same types of people, relived those relationships until I was mature enough. Because at twenty-one, I still wasn't mature enough. I got the diet plan, I lost some weight, and I said, "See ya." Thank you. So, what my life looks like now is I sponsor. I have a sponsor. We. we meet once as a group, like she, she has a, once every six months, um, a lineage, uh, luncheon where my grand sponsor, my great grand sponsor, and all of us are in the same room and I have, um, four meetings that I go to. I'm of service. I read and write every single day, and I work on the step that I'm on right now. Um, I give myself a timer, and I do like three hours a week because if I don't put it in my my um, my iPhone, I forget. Like other things become all of a sudden more of a priority, and it, I need that reminder. When I open my medicine cabinet in the morning, there's a picture of two of my sponsors who have are deceased. That was hard for me to come back and, like, think I have to start over, and I have to, like, you know, repeat my whole story with someone else, and trust, and, you know, it was just hard. But I have pictures of them in my medicine cabinet, and my current sponsor, and the third-step prayer, um, and the little pamphlet that, um, don't be God today, and uh, because I I just tend to think that if I, you know, if I do it, it's going to be right. But the truth is, is when I get out of the way... Is when things get so much smoother, and I can feel there's like a physical feeling of um, letting go. And I don't, you know, when I'm when something feels like I'm forcing it or I'm it's just like the the square peg in the round hole, that's my will. And when it feels like, wow, how did that happen? And how did I meet this person? And then this linked to, to that, I had a thyroid. Uh, cyst about a year ago and If I didn't share it, I I wouldn't have gotten the help. But four different people from that meeting started calling me and telling me their next step. And it was just like I had sisters walking me through that scary thing. Because anything I've ever said to my mom, she's like, oh, I don't know. That never happened to me. (laughs) She's never had a pimple. She's never had a hair out of her chin. She's never had, like, anything. And I don't have a big sister. She's just never – I never get the me too. You know, I just didn't get the, oh, this is what you do um, when that happens. So even my period, like I got that in floor, I was out of state and I called her and she just was like, you know, make a text. I'm like, this is recorded. I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> I was like 11 or 12. What's a text? I don't know. So like, I feel like I just didn't get the big sister to tell me these things in life and now i have like so many sisters it's just the irony of of the life that i led and the life that i have are just like polar opposites and i'm just really filled with gratitude and happiness and joy that i'm i can tap into at any moment whether there's a crisis going on or not and i can meditate and i can quiet my mind and let my anxiety kind of roll off like like I try to visualize the water off of a back, the back of a duck, because the people used to say that saying. I don't even know how it goes, but um, I'd have to visualize that, or a bubble floating away. That helps me too, and um, or a judgment. Like if I'm in meditation and I all of a sudden feel like negativity come up, I'm like, oh, that's a judgment. I just let it go and it look it comes back many times a day so it's a constant that's what I didn't get the first time around is that it's like a constant exercising of a muscle a muscle that wasn't very well developed in um you know my early years and thank God that that food got me here because I can't imagine having a life without the twelve steps and without the people I've met in it and um I'm just very happy to be here, and Susan, thank you so much for asking me. It's always an honor to to share. So I'll open up for questions. I guess we have more minutes left.. <laughs> Any questions? Well, this is awkward. <laughs> yes. How do you stay connected to your higher power throughout the day? How do you maintain your conscious contact? Yeah, I, you know, um, sometimes it's in the shower. Sometimes it's driving. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. So, can you say it again? How do I stay connected? How do you, how do you uh, stay connected to your higher power? You throughout the day. Yeah. Okay, so how do I stay connected to my higher power throughout the day? I I have internal conversations in the shower, in the car, um... Just whenever anxiety, whenever indecision comes up, and I'll just stop. It's a pause. And what would God have me do? Sometimes it's what would God God have me say before this meeting? What would God have me eat? And if I don't know, when in doubt, don't. Because reaction is uh, futile. I'm learning very much to just slow down and pause. Yes? What does your meditation practice look like? I was... a well, yeah, Sorry. Um, what does my meditation practice look like? So I got really into yoga several years back, and it just started with the ending pose of Shavasana, which is laying after you exercise. You just lay palms up, looking at the ceiling, eyes closed, lights are dimmed. And um, I, it was a stillness. I can't get that at home for some reason to the same energetic level. So I've been using a app on my iPhone. So I use guided meditation. Um, and I just pick some days it's four minutes. Uh, yesterday was 14 minutes. And I have a tracker on it. And it helps me because I need I need somebody else or something outside of myself to keep me disciplined. Because my core is just I'm not disciplined. So I have timers on my phone for everything that that works for me because I've, I've, after 40, I started getting forgetful and um, put on weight, and that's kind of how I keep on track. Yes? Oh, how did your food look like when you first came into the program and what it looks like today? Oh, good question. How did my food look when I first came in and how does it look today? So when I first came in, I really thought it was the diet mentality and I got a sponsor and uh, it was just avoiding recreational sugar to begin with. Three meals a day and um, I thought I could do that, no problem. And I had reported, I w- it was committing my food in the morning and then the next morning reporting what I ate, um, like kind of bookending. And I said I had yogurt and she said, oh, there's aspartame in yogurt. And I was... I I couldn't take criticism or any perceived criticism, so I think I just left because I didn't do it right. I didn't get an A-plus, and somebody, I might have felt shame or embarrassment, and I didn't know how to cope with those feelings, so I just left. Um, These days, I've heard a lot about the freedom of not dieting. And um, so my food, my nutritionist wrote out a plan for me, two years ago. And it's more like counting starches, counting, um, fruits, vegetables, fats, proteins. So it's managed by that. And then throughout a seven day course, there's kind of a margin for any extras, which aren't like, um, you know, pro- it would be like, um, a iced coffee, um, uh, frozen yogurt those kind of things or if you're going to a wedding she always allows like once a week look at your social calendar and see where you are sometimes i don't abstain from recreational sugar now i did years ago um i just don't i never order it if it's served like and there's a family thing i'll taste it but it doesn't trigger me and it doesn't call to me anymore thank god um, I don't like to have it in my house. I have a seven-year-old, so he there's a lot of kid food in my house, which used to be very triggering when he was, like, a toddler. Um, it doesn't speak to me now, so it's okay to have it in the house. Um, I pack his lunch every day. It doesn't bother me. Um, I, I feel like I have a different relationship with food than I did before, and it's, you know, three meals a day and life in between. And when my food got smaller, my life got bigger. And when my food is big, my life gets super small, and I can feel it. It just you feel like you're in a prison and I no longer feel like that, thank God that's all the time we have thank you (laughs)